Siri, create a good podcast. Siri, create a good podcast. Well, maybe when iOS 6 comes out. It's the Macworld Pundit Showdown. Hello again, everyone. It's Philip Michaels, your podcast host for what will be Macworld Podcast number 316, if you keep track of those things. If you don't, it's another episode of the Macworld Pundit Showdown. This, of course, is where we gather the best and brightest minds of the tech world and quiz them about recent events. They give answers. We give points. We declare a winner after we get tired of talking to them for 40 minutes or so. And after um, last week's or last week's last time's pundit showdown, um, everyone seemed to agree it was the best pundit showdown ever, uh, a real top-notch uh, panel. And everyone said to me when we, we said we were going to record this one, boy, I pity the poor guys who have to follow that act. Well, let's meet the poor guys who have to follow that act, starting with um, a man who can at least among these panelists say he was a recent winner on the pundit showdown. He's an assistant editor for PC World. He gets all the blame. He'll get all the blame today. Don't blame your heart. Don't blame your soul. Don't blame Armando Rodriguez is with us today. Hello, Armando. Hey, Phil. It's good to good to see you again. I don't remember if I was on the last podcast. You weren't on the last one. You were on the one before that, the one that oh, people wow. don't talk about. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> but uh, we're looking forward to you defending your title. Against... Everyone uh, against everyone else, I have yeah. to introduce them. That's true, Armando. All right. And since you <laughs> mentioned him, I'm going to um, I'm going to introduce him now. He is a staff writer for MacWorld, and I think this is his favorite time of year because it's the time of the year when he still has hope for the upcoming football season <laughs> before the Eagles are mathematically eliminated. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Oh, it's always you've, you've a pleasure. Before, of course, I have yes, more yes, times than Glenn, I think. More times than uh, I don't know. Ooh. We might have to go back to the and you and now you've introduced Glenn, so I have to introduce <laughs> him. Everyone is stepping <laughs> on the introductions today. Um, our next panelist, in case you didn't know, is a frequent MacWorld senior contributor. He also writes for Boing Boing and The Economist and basically any publication that waves a, a check with enough zeros in front of them. <laughs> Usually zeros. one zero will do. Um, <laughs> he's also writing a book right now about Kickstarter. Tried to get a Kickstarter funded. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. <laughs> Fleischman. Hello. How are oh. you, sir? I can always rely on you to remind me of my failures, Phil, to keep me humble. Unlike John Seff, who is always complimenting me. <laughs> yes, and I wonder who our final panelist could be. He was uh, kind enough to fill in at the last moment. He is a senior editor for Macworld, and I believe he is the only person who has never won a Macworld Pundit Showdown. Let's see if we can change that today, or let's see if he's just filling a seat. <laughs> it's Jonathan Saff. Hello, John. Thanks, Phil. Except you just demoted me. I did? Oh, that's right. You're not a senior editor anymore. You're an executive editor. Oh. That's all right. As long as that's a point off for me. <laughs> as long as you play fish, I'm okay. Yes. 
point to John, too. And I, I'm a warm body here just filling in for fourth place. So you guys duke it out, and I'll just, you know, spew some nonsense. All righty. Well, I like that attitude, so that's another point to, to do. <laughs> Yeah, you're giving him to Lex. <laughs> yes, I was, and now I'm 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 marking off that on Lex's point off for Lex there. <laughs> uh, and in case you didn't realize, here's how things work on the Pundit Showdown. I award points, whether it be one point, two points, three points, or if you're Lex Friedman, you lose a point. So that's minus two to Lex. And um <laughs> And at the end, the person with the most points squares off against the other person, blah, 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 blah. It's all – you, you, you know the rules. Um, so let's start off with our first question and listen carefully because it's all about this. Yep. That would be Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. Let's hear that again. Confirming that Apple will hold a press event in September, at which time the company is allegedly going to unveil its latest iPhone. But what I want to know, panel – is what else will Apple unveil at this alleged September get-together? Let's start off with the man in last place, Lex Friedman. Thank you. Well, Tim Cook will certainly unveil the iPhone, but he's also going to take the wraps off the iPad mini, an 8-inch version of the tablet. But I think we're also going to see the introduction of the iPad Nano, a smaller iPhone-sized version of the iPad suitable for carrying around in your pocket. Good for both consumption and creation. And don't be surprised if Cook also showcases the iPhone Grande, an iPhone with a larger screen and thinner shape, about the same shape and size as the iPad. But listen, if you really want to know what Apple's going to show off in September, just check whatever Samsung unveils the following January. Outstanding. Let's try uh, Glenn Fleischman. Well, you know, Apple is incredibly tired of rumors. And, you know, as rumor mongers ourselves, of course, who publish only unsubstantiated things that we verify with many external sources, we can sympathize with them. So this time, after they announce the new iPhone and the iPad mini, they're going to offer a one-year timetable of every important hardware and software release just out of spite to put all the gadget and rumor sites out of business. But with this, because Apple's smart about money, as we know, they're going to let people schedule purchases through a new special Apple credit plan. You can pay now installments for a phone that won't be available even for a year. It solves rumors, provides steady income, but it still lets people complain. Very good. Armando, what is Apple going to announce besides an iPhone? Well, my sources, my sources deep in the factories. Yes. Tim's one of my sources, mm-hmm. little hat tip there, have told me that Apple is going to announce, wait for it, I'm waiting, wait for it, waiting, the new, new iPad. I know it's recent. Boom. I know it's the new iPad just came out, but to go along with the new iPhone, you need a new, new iPad. But that's not all, everyone. There's going to be the new, new smart case, the new, new nasty white ear- earbuds that no one likes. <laughs> And, of course, the new new iTunes, which will still not work at all. Jonathan Seth. Well, in the spirit of dichotomies, we had the Vern Troyer and Yao Ming, you know, large and small. So I think what Apple's going to do is the iPhone Nano, which will basically be the iPod Nano, and you'll just hold up your face. And, screen into it. and then there's also going to be the iPad Gigante, which will be <laughs> <Gigante>. a... Gigante. <laughs> 30-inch iPad, and you'll have to mount it on your wall, of course. But I I think they're going to show them together, and then they're going to, you know, have the actors reprise their their roles, of course, so they can really show off the difference. But if it's the iPad Gigante, shouldn't Don Francisco of Sabado Gigante (laughs) be brought out to 
to introduce that. Or the San Francisco Gigantes. Mm, very well. Uh, let's move on <laughs> to the next question. It's a reader question inspired by um, Sean DeSegna. I believe this is the second time we've used him and the second pronunciation of his last name. That I have. So I implore listeners who, and readers to, uh, with, with uh, very pronounceable last names to submit questions next time. The question is this. iOS 6 is slated for a fall release. Hey, perhaps at that event that, uh, that Apple was talking about. What? And uh, with it will come improvements to built-in apps like Mail, Safari, and Maps. But panel if you could remove one built-in app or ios feature what would it be john seth well i'd remove the ability to set a ringtone because you know really one stock ringtone is plenty and if everyone's got the same one that lets everyone around you know that you're cool and you're using an iphone already but if that doesn't even work i think maybe what you do is you remove ringtones altogether and just use vibrate make it really really strong so it's like a mini earthquake every time someone calls you Yes, pe- people with annoying ringtones and sound effects, they're, they're the worst. And now, uh, Armando, what would you remove? Curses, John, you took my idea. Although, the Stocks app, who uses that? I mean, come on, really? None of those hipsters have jobs that require stocks. Come on, everyone. Okay. And if not, we all know YouTube's going away, so why not Vimeo add it in? Yeah. But... Th- this the question was about removing a feature. No, we're going to add things, oh, Phil. Okay, no. So I'm sorry. Got <laughs> to answer the question, friend. Fine. And yes, I realize that John took your answer because you specifically requested. I know. Would you like to give your, your original answer? My original you answer was we finally get rid of marimba because that is the ringtone everyone uses. No one ever changes the oh. ringtone. You know, like... If you walk into an Apple store and you play that ringtone, everyone will check their phones because everyone has that as their ringtone. See, I enjoy, I enjoy when the marimba goes off and people simultaneously grab for their hip. Even people who don't have iPhones yes. check their hip. Yes. Uh, Lex Friedman. Well, uh, just a point of order. Is the Cards app built in? <laughs> if, if, I, if I could remove... If, if I just remove it from the app store, it, it is not. But I will accept that answer. If I could remove one built-in feature, though, in all seriousness, I would remove the app store's overprotectiveness. Protectiveness of me, the app store makes you install every app update manually, which proves itself useful maybe once per hundred app updates. If there's some rogue app update that you don't want out there, but most of the time, needing to launch the app store app and tap that update button just makes me angry. Glenn Fleischman. Well, I think it's clear that calculator needs to go, okay? Because we all know Apple has long been jealous of third-party calculator apps. And if you remember, a graphing calculator that shipped in Mac OS X was actually written by two guys who snuck into Apple's buildings even after they were no longer contractors to write it to get it into the operating system. Well, I think calculator has to go because we all know it's a plot just to keep James Thompson down. Well, you can't keep a Scott down no matter how hard you try because if it isn't P-Calc, it's crap and you can't spell crap without two P's. Point there for that final point and lose a point for that horrible accent. <laughs> so let's move on to our next question. Since our last pundit showdown, there's been a new version of OS X. Macworld editorial director Jason Snell wrote a 7,500-word review of Mountain Lion for our website. I'd like you to do the same job in 10 words or less. Glenn, redeem yourself. Remind me to dictate 10 words when I get home. There you go. Boom. Armando. Better than lion. Boom. Uh, Lex Friedman. As dictated to Mountain Lion, solid, 
stable, fast, and elephant. (laughs) (laughs) And John Seff. Improves on Lion, iOS features included, silly name. Well, let's go to the scoreboard after that. And we have a two-way tie for first place with John Seff and Armando Rodriguez, both on nine points. Lex Friedman trailing just behind on eight. Glenn Fleischman, back of the pack with six. Moving on to the next question. It's all about this once I can find the button on my computer. There we are. Um, you know, because I love... That was India. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, proclaiming his love for India. It was actually uh, in regard to a question about uh, business in that uh, country during the last financial call. But let's take that one five-second clip out of context and talk about countries that we love and why. Let's start off with John Seff. I'm going to go with Italy. Oh, I have some I have some uh, music to play as you oh, answer. All right. Okay, go. You what? All right. I I'm going to once again I'm going to go with Italy. Oh, lovely. Um, why was, why Italy, John? Well, half of our honeymoon was spent there, so it has special... The honeymoon with you and your wife, yeah. not you and me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and the other thing is a lifelong uh, starch addiction means that I know what every pasta and pizza on the menu means even without speaking a lick of Italian. So it's great. <laughs> Very good. Uh, like Glenn Fleischman. Well, I can't justify this, but I love Djibouti because it's fun to say. I say Djibouti and I just dance all day. You can dance to this. It, oh, it, it pulling down the national anthems. I, I, I do really enjoy the Djibouti National Anthem. It is pretty good. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to give you a point good. there, Glenn. It sounds like a Western. I know, right? Yeah. John Wayne should be riding off it's, into the sunset right it's, now. It's Aaron Copeland's fanfare for the modern Bedouin or something. And who, who knows what the capital of Djibouti is? That would be Djibouti. That would be correct, uh-huh. Glenn Fleischman. Boom to you. Uh, Armando Rodriguez. I may have to say... America's hat, Canada. And why Canada? Well, let's see. Canada, fine land of things such as Serenity Caldwell, (laughs) bacon, maple syrup, hockey, and beavers. Very good. Phil's not a beaver fan. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> Lex Friedman. Well, I, I certainly I love America because freedom, but I also love Bolivia. Pandering. I also what, what? love I also love Bolivia because Bolivia affords great views of and numerous opportunities to recite the name of Lake Titicaca. In my in my mind, that question was going to play out much better. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just move on and pretend it never happened and move on to this topic. The home of the late Steve Jobs was burglarized last week. Oh, this question's going to go well, too. With the thief making off from Mac, <laughs> the thief making off with iPhones, Macs, iPods, and Apple TV and iPad, as well as jewelry, champagne, kitchen appliances. Our lawyers would like us to know that we are not suggesting that you burgle the home of uh, tech industry leaders. But if you were a panel, if you were that kind of person and you're not, 
Well, I don't know about Lex. Well, sure. <laughs> if you could burgle the home of one tech industry leader, who would it be? What would you take? Let's start off with uh, Master Criminal Lex Friedman. I would break into Jack Dorsey's home and steal all of his iOS devices just so that I could see which Twitter app he chooses to use. Excellent. Timely. Oh. Topical. Uh, Glenn Fleischman. Well, Steve Ballmer, partly because he's convenient, he's actually just a few miles away from me. So, you know, I like that part. But, you know, my Zoom broke and I need another one. I know he only lets his kids use Microsoft products. So I think he probably has a bunch of unused ones because his kids throw them against the wall in frustration all the time. So he probably has a garage full of them and he might not even notice I take them. I could use a kegerator and I think he has, well, let's just say a few. And finally, I'm sure I would have to take some of his sports paraphernalia just to commemorate the time he failed to keep the Seattle Sonics from leaving Seattle and moving to Oklahoma City. Uh, John Seth has not answered. I would totally snag the bunny suit that Paul Odellini wore on stage at Macworld Expo in 2006. Oh, great. Boom. That, that is a good one. Um, Armando. See, initially, I was planning on breaking into Steve Wozniak's house, but then I remembered, that guy doesn't have anything these days, so I <laughs> went somewhere else. And all Armando has- knows the way to get points on the show. Right. <laughs> So then I thought, Sergey Brin, because, I mean, he's got those goofy glasses, and I just take those. And, but I'm guessing he'd probably just track me down by taking pictures of everything I see. So, you know, wouldn't get far. And um, uh, if uh, Sergey Brin, uh, Paul Odellini, Steve Ballmer, and, uh, and uh, Jack Dorsey are burgled in the next week, I hope you guys have your alibis prepared. Let's go to the scores. <laughs> Armando racing out to a big lead with 14 points. John Seff trails him with 12. Lex Friedman and Glenn now in last place, joint with 11. Let's move on. From the Apple Samsung patent dispute currently being argued in a Northern California court, we've learned that Apple has toyed with making cars and cameras and that Steve Jobs was receptive to the idea of a 7 inch iPad. But what's a shocking revelation you'd like to hear come out of the courtroom? Let's uh, go to Glenn for the first answer. Well, Phil, it's a little obscene to be talking about toying with the 7-inch something, but I'm going to answer this question anyway. But what I'd really like to hear is that Steve Jobs had a house full of Samsung refrigerators because, you know, Samsung makes everything because the way that you make good products is by making everything, by having no focus whatsoever and making everything from vacuum cleaners to space satellites to phones. But I'd like to hear that the Samsung has to reveal that all the refrigerators through their internet connection and cameras that had to be on the front of them were spying on Steve Jobs and that all of Steve Jobs' refrigerators were secretly packed with onion dip, Mr. Pibb, and Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And that would, um, that would lead to the great moment in court where um, the lawyer would ask Apple if their refrigerator was running and Apple would say yes and then they'd reply, well, you'd better go and catch it then. Yes. <laughs> Armando. Phil loses two points. Yes. <laughs> Armando, please, let's, let's erase that from our memory. So they get the Apple experts up on the stand. Samsung's lawyers pull out the evidence tray. Mm-hmm. On top of it, there's this mystery item. It's covered by a sheet. And Samsung asks, we know about the secret prototype. We know because you copied us. And you've copied many other people. Ladies and gentlemen... Apple was trying to patent as he slides away the towel, the sombrero. Interesting. Interesting answer. John Seth. 
I would like to find out that Johnny Ive has spent the last four years secretly working on creating a new element called Unibody Minium Boom. to be used on all future Apple products. Lex Friedman. You know, I would love to hear that Apple had decided in meetings, Phil's going to be pretty hyper, and Tim, you start using some kind of southern charm-laced accent. But I think the most shocking thing that could come out of that courtroom that I would enjoy is the judge, despite the fact that he's not technically a party to the case. Or that he's a she. Or that, right. Well, no, no, the, the he is referring to the, the noun to come, the proper noun to come. Okay. The judge, despite the fact that he's technically not a party to the case, would sentence Steve Wozniak to life without the possibility of parole. Boom. Good recovery at the end there. <laughs> Let's move on to our next question. Um, I'm trying to read my own notes. Oh, it's the golden envelope question. Hey, a chance for Lex and Glenn to get back in the game by matching my answer that I've scrawled down on a pad of paper that no one can see. It's right there. Yeah, well, the pad of paper you can see. You can't see my answer. That's true. The, the question is this. In July, Time magazine named Steve Jobs one of the 20 most influential people in American history. This uh, leads us to the question, who is the second most influential Steve in history? Let us start off with Lex Friedman answering that question. You know, I like to think out loud. So I considered and rejected Steve Holt from the TV series Rest of Development, Steve Steve Madden because I realize he's not actually the football guy, and Stephen Hawking because he's always Steve and never Steven. So I think the real answer here might just be Steve Case, the founder of AOL. AOL today is rightly a laughingstock, but back in the late 80s, early 90s, it was the first service that really made getting online palatable to the masses with a, a focus on connecting people people as its primary function, and it also proved pretty quickly that a single phone line shared between your home phone and your modem simply wasn't going to work long term. And he's also, and he used much of his um, profits from that to buy up land in Kauai and keep it from development. Right. We like that about him, too. Yes. Um, that, that's a little fun fact for you, Pundit Showdown listener. We tried squeezing <laughs> one of those for episode. Glenn, who's the second most uh, influential Steve? Well, since we didn't specify living, dead, fictional, or real, I'm going to go with Steve Austin because, you know, partly because of name recognition and partly because, you know, I think he's a prototype for the future. As we know, we're all going to become cyborgs. And so we get a taste of that with a man who came in under budget and with features no one could expect at those prices. He was made in America, not China. His secret was kept nearly as well as Apple prevented leaks before the iPad. But, of course, if Steve Austin were rebuilt today, we know it would be at Foxconn, and it'd contain a loyalty chip that Tim Cook could activate in case of rogue behavior. Terrific answer. Probably the best answer you've ever given (laughs) at anything, not just the pun and showdown. I'm retiring now. Thank you. Armando. All right. So I realized I don't know that many Steves, which is shocking because, you know, Steves everywhere. Mm -hmm. But initially, my idea was to go with Steve Irwin. Because he taught people the crocodile hunter, the crocodile listeners. hunter, mm-hmm. because he taught people not to poke things, because he'll do it <laughs> himself and show you how dangerous they are, and he just you know crikey, crikey all the time. Yes, by dying, he'll <laughs> <laughs> illustrate how dangerous it is. Right, but he oh, taught Lord. America not to poke things. Yes, he did. That's a big thing. It's a lesson we could have learned in, in, before Facebook. Right, yeah. right. But in the end, I decided to go with Steve Martin because come on, he was born a poor black man. <laughs> That would be a line from The Jerk, ladies and gentlemen. Also, I'm having to explain Armando's <laughs> answers to the listeners. And I, believe, and I believe it was a child he was born as. Yes. Yeah. But nevertheless, the jerk. nevertheless, and now he's playing the banjo. Yeah. Um, quite well. Quite well, as yeah. a matter of fact. John Seff. Clearly the most influential Steve, influential Steve is Steve Gutenberg. 
Because the police academy. Go on. <laughs> the police academy franchise is working on its eighth film, and that's Nightmare on Elm Street territory right there. But also, unless I'm mistaken, and I didn't take a lot of history in college, I think that he also invented a, invented movable type printing. So, I mean, yeah, how can you lose? I'm giving you two points there. Uh, one of those points is conditional because I believe, in point of fact, Police Academy is up to nine films in the <laughs> franchise. And if it turns out that I am correct and you are wrong, we're going to deduct that point um, um, later on. To Wikipedia. Or when you come, when you come back, yes. Someone look up the police academy, the police academy wiki. Gutenberg has to um, I just want to point out that none of you matched my answer. My answer oh, okay. is, in fact, dramatic reveal here. Stephen J. Gould, paleontologist, biologist, baseball oh. fan. Stephen J. Gould. I do like dinosaurs. Yes, Phil reads mm-hmm. books. Phil, the, there are seven released installments with an eighth police academy schedule. Oh! For Point to Lex. Point another point to John. Oh my God! Thank you. Wow, John, you I did my homework. You did your research <laughs> yeah. on Police Academy. <laughs> I don't know Gutenberg whether to be <laughs> impressed or angry. And sadly, Steve Gutenberg is not directing the. How many of those movie. have you watched? Recently, the, this is the, the most. This is the most attention Steve Gutenberg's gotten in twenty years. Let's move on. <laughs> let's end that. But now. let's. Let's check the scores before we do. If I can uh, look at my own dismembered score sheet, we have a three-way, a two-way tie for first place between John Seth and Lex Friedman. Thanks to Steve Gutenberg. Armando and Glenn are one point off with 17 points. All to play for here in the MacWorld Pundit Showdown, which is why we're going to our next question. In iOS 6, Siri will be able to tell you sports scores and movie showtimes as well as give you directions. But what's a trick you hope? That Siri learns sooner rather than later, Armando Rodriguez. I, I need to. I need to do the sound effect thing. Oh, with, would yes. you like my, a Siri here? I would love a Siri. Siri, explain to my wife where I've been all night. <laughs> Boom. Well, That's a I good don't one. even have a wife. No, you don't. <laughs> Find me a wife. And then what, do me a wife. That would be, Shame I think, the first wife. question you would ask Siri. Right. Find me a wife and then lie to her on my <laughs> I mean, Come on, Glenn Fleischman. Siri, give. Okay. Oh, sorry. Are you going to give me the yeah, Siri? Siri, give me an excuse to get out of answering this question. No, no, I've got a serious answer. What I'd like to have it be able to do is to listen all the time and only respond when it thinks I need something, so it anticipates my needs. Now, I know this chews at battery life, and it would also mess up bandwidth. You'd be paying for it. But it's important to me that every single need I have, every moment of my life, I'm responded to in a personal fashion by an automated system. Boom. All right, Lex Friedman. You know, I, I work from home, Phil, as you know, and I like having someone to talk to who won't judge me. So I really do love Siri, but she's, it's not yet perfect. I wish Siri would let me correct individual words it mistranscribes more easily, and I wish it would let me tweak my device's settings by talking. But what I wish the most is that Siri could achieve the holy grail of transcription t- technology, automatic punctuation detection. It's not a silly answer. It's real. I've gotten pretty good at speaking my punctuation cool. to Siri, M dash. Good enough that comma, on occasion comma, I speak my punctuation in regular conversations, comma, two period. But if Apple could teach Siri how to listen for punctuation cues, even just comma pauses oh, wow. or question mark inflections, texting would get easier and maybe kids' grammar would stink a little bit less than it does today. That was, that was a terrific answer. 
Thank you. And a serious one too. Mm. See, we can be we can be funny. Well, not really, but we can be <laughs> we can attempt to be funny and be serious as well. Right, John. What's wrong with your kids? My kids are three and they have perfect grammar, Lex. But <laughs> uh, I think it's time for Siri to learn the three A's: avast, ahoy, and R. Because, as we all know, International Talk Like a Pirate Day is coming up on September nineteenth, and that fits perfectly around the rumored release date for iOS six. Is your Facebook set to pirate? I even taught my kids how to say that, so there we go. Moving on to our next question, it's all about this. Malicious individuals manage to compromise in quick succession my Amazon, Apple, Gmail, and Twitter accounts, and in doing so, deleted my Gmail account and wiped all the data from my iPad, iPhone. That is former Macworld editor and now Wired senior editor Matt Honan appearing on this very podcast to talk about his recent hack, uh, which I'm sure you're all aware of and I don't have to summarize because it's not in my notes, so I can't do it. But, panelists, I'd like each one of you to give me one security tip that will help our listeners avoid a similar fate. And uh, let's start off. I think uh, Glenn is going to knock this one out of the park. (laughs) Well, you know, everyone will tell you, uh, as I have many, many, many times in many, many, many Macworld articles, you should make up strong passwords and mix letters, numbers, and punctuation, able to factor authentication if you've got it available to you, keep your passwords private, don't write them down, all of that. But that's not really a solution because, as Matt showed, social engineering can get past that. So my current best security tip is to use incredibly filthy passwords and answers to security questions so foul, so unspeakable that no customer service person will even stay on the line when you start to say them, and they'll hang up. It defeats social engineering, so and it's is, also entertaining. So to summarize, be as filthy as possible, Glenn Fleischman says. That's my advice in life, generally. No wonder yes. he's never been hacked. Yes, Armando, give us a tip. Well, as Glenn said, social engineering was what caused the downfall of Matt Honan. So my tip is don't have any friends, because if you're not social, how are they going to hack you? Take that, hackers. I don't have any friends. Bring it. <laughs> Extra point there because now I'm just sad on your behalf. John, Seth. <laughs> well, the, you know, the social engineering portion of this, you, know, you can look up and find out people's information. So the easiest way for you to remember questions is to have it be real. But the easiest way for people not to be able to, understand, to know what they are is to have a secret second Vegas family and only <laughs> use security questions cool. based on that family. Terrific. Lex Friedman. You know, Glenn did hit on the, the real answers like two-factor authentication using very secure passwords. But really, the easiest way to stay safe online is to remember to always unplug your Mac and your router before beginning to use them. And lock your door. As so long as you're completely offline and your computer's powered off, you will stay safe. Yeah, that's two points there for Lex. I'm not sure how useful that tip is, but <laughs> there you go. Martin Scorsese has joined the ranks of John Malkovich, Samuel L. Jackson, and my personal favorite, Zooey Deschanel. Zooey or Zoe? Zoe. 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 You can call her Zooey. No. You can call her Zooey. Zooey. Zoe. It's written Zooey on my sheet. <laughs> That's how she spells it. She's adorable. Yep. She is, and she needs to know if it's <laughs> raining or not. Adorkable? Is that adorkable? Rain? I did not coin that word. Anyhow, all those people are making uh, Siri-based <laughs> TV ads for Apple. And... Many of them have had their names pronounced properly by me. Which celebrity should Apple turn to next to pitch its voice-driven personal assistant? John Seth, who should they turn to? 
Well, now that he's no longer the voice of Affleck, I think Gilbert Gottfried would be <laughs> oh perfect because I could just see him sitting like on his couch in the dark asking Siri for a good crisis management professional, for example. <laughs> He'd ask Siri for a job. Uh, Armando. Siri, I, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm torn. I want to go with Christopher Walken because I feel like he just, you know, this needs more cowbell. And I am terrible at Christopher Walken impressions, as I must say. My other choice would be Christian Bale because he would just grumble and Siri would probably think that it's a bag of rocks being shaken in front of her the entire time. Or just be like, yes, Batman. And you can name it Alfred. The problem with the Christopher Walken ad is that it would be about two minutes long. I know. As it went on these long <laughs> dissertations about why cats have tails. and uh, Lex Friedman. <laughs> You know, particularly with, with Jackson and Scorsese, Siri has shown in those ads what it can do with rapid-fire talking. But I often pause to regather my thoughts when I'm talking to Siri, sort of like Priceline spokesperson and TV's TJ Hooker, William Shatner. But I think there's a better voice that could best prove that Siri can handle even the slowest, most nuanced of speech. Two words, Phil. Morgan Freeman. Because he's not getting enough commercial voiceover. That's exactly right. He just narrates everything. Yes. I am picking the phone up to my face. (laughs) I tap it twice. Hello there, machine. Glenn Fleischman. Well, I think you have to follow the trend that Apple's engaged in here, which is they're picking good actors and directors. You know, Zoe Deschanel, we have to say good actor. I like her performance. But they try to find people who are more and more annoying in the way they present themselves in the ad. And so if the goal is to be smarmier, smugger, and more unbearable, then you really have to go for Steve Buscemi next. There's nobody like him, especially if they put him in the ad not having washed or bathed or shaved for a few weeks and have him ask Siri uncomfortable questions like, Siri, how do you cut up a body? And Siri, can I dispose of a body with a wood chipper? <laughs> and yet did, that wasn't your favorite Steve. Did, did Steve Buscemi, like, cut you off in traffic the other day? I think, wow. I think he killed Glenn's family. I, my apologies to Steve Buscemi I, if he's a listener. I'm, sort of, I'm thinking more of the characters he plays, gentlemen. The, oh, I see. Fargo. Oh, so it's, it's, a, it's a conceptual answer. Oh, my God. People, mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's, uh, we have one question. We have one question. Samuel L. Jackson's never actually. Know, right? Okay. <laughs> we have. That's great. That's great podcasting right there, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to the scores. Lex is in first place. Armando is in last place. John and Glenn are somewhere in the middle. Damn it. <laughs> and we have one question left to play, so it all could change. BB Edit celebrated its 20th anniversary this year. What's a current Mac software program we'll be celebrating? 20 years from now. I'm um, going to go to Armando first. I thought about this. I looked at my Mac. I looked at all the apps I use. I, you know, thought about it for a while. I don't use BB Edit, which, you know, I use Coda because I'm weird. But Text Edit, the built-in Mac app, because, I mean, it's been a while. That hasn't changed. I feel we're going to keep using it as that random notepad we take down notes on. It's good for coding. Uh, it's very flexible. You can save, it saves automatically with the autosave feature, which, you know, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But I think it's going to be that, that app that 20 years from now in Mac OS a million that we still use and still celebrate. I gave you a point there. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn Fleischman. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, The logical answer is, of course, we won't be using software at all in 20 years because, as Ray Kurzweil has aptly said, we'll have reached the singularity by then. We'll have all migrated to the cloud and software, hardware, our physical bodies, our essences will all mingle together. 
of course, somehow BB Edit will oh. still be running. We'll still be using it. It still won't suck. But Rich Siegel will have moved to the moon by then. I'm sure he'll be ready for retirement. Likes the low gravity situation. And the only problem there, it's going to make the updates a very, very slow download. Mm. I don't want to mingle with you. <laughs> <laughs> Extra point to Armando there for saying what's all about. <laughs> John Seth. As the Matt Honan story has taught us, I think something along the lines of one password is going to stand the test of time because the only way you can have really secure passwords, the best passwords, are ones that even you can't remember. All right. Uh, Lex Friedman. I, I agree with the point that Glenn made that BB Edit will still be celebrating 20 years from now. And, and since you said celebrating, Extra I'm not going to... point to Glenn. I, I, I can't say iTunes because although it'll surely have 87 more new features and it'll still be chugging along as bogged down as ever, no one will be celebrating that. The app I think we will... Since Armando already criticized iTunes, point to Armando. The, the app that I think we will be celebrating 20 years from now, Phil, since you asked, is mm-hmm. Safari. There's no chance Apple's going to abandon that. It's flagship browser. And because it runs on touch devices and computers alike, it's hugely important to Apple and its customers. And it's, it's fast and good. And it just keeps, you know, uh, it takes some missteps from time to time. But it really, as a, on, a, on a chart, keeps getting better, much like this podcast. The, the, <laughs> the look of unbridled hatred on Armando's face as you praise Safari. Oh, what a look of murder I am seeing right now. That's got to be worth something. Yes, that, that does. That's an extra point to Lex for infuriating Armando. Hey, let's, that hard. <laughs> let's check the scores. Armando rallied a bit at the end there, but still... Wop, wop. Wop, wop came in last. 26 points. Good effort. Solid performance. John Seff with 27. I did it for the three babies. So guess who's squaring off in the final? It's Glenn Ooh. Fleischman and Lex Friedman. Glenn had 28 points. Lex just ahead of him with 29 it's Defend the Indefensible. Lex, as our points leader, would you like to go first or second? I'll go second, please. Okay. Now, here's how this works, just as a reminder for our contestants and for our listeners. I'm going to read a statement. It's a terrible thing that I'm about to say. Our panelist has to defend it for 20 seconds, no matter how awful it is. Oh. Glenn, are you ready? I am prepared. All right. I'm outraged that someone broke into Steve Jobs' house and took things. I've been planning that caper for months. <laughs> well, you know, you don't want all that planning to go to naught. I'd already figured out with the entire layout of the house, I figured out the alarm system, discovered where all the Zen roll-up mats were, all the bamboo that was cut, all his pictures of famous people he once dated, and now none of that will be mine. It's a crying shame. That's that's rallying awesome. at the end there. Stumbled out of the gate, rallied at the end, just like in. I Luke. was I was shocked. Yes, that was possibly the most shocking um, defend indefensible we've ever asked until this one. Lex Friedman. Yes. The new MacBook Pro with Retina display is so gorgeous. I hope that Apple refuses to sell it to some customers on the grounds that they are too ugly to enjoy such a beautiful machine. Quite frankly, Phil, I don't think it's enough for Apple to say we're not going to sell it to ugly customers. I think Apple should say we're not going to sell this to anyone because all of us are mere customers, mere plebeian human beings who aren't deserving of the greatness that Apple can create. Apple should have keynotes to present this information, show us its new products, and not let any of us buy them because we will only sully them with our dirty fingers. Two more seconds. The okay. end. <laughs> I am very divided on who to award this to. 
Uh, on the one hand, Glenn had the much harder one. On the other hand, there's Lex. I can't decide. I'm looking to the other two people in the room for help. Not Lex. <laughs> <laughs> well, Armando has made his points known. I'm going to go with Lex Friedman as the champion. Uh, just to keep Glenn from having a victory. Lex, yes. It, you, either way, you win, Armando. <laughs> yes, indeed. Congratulations to Lex Friedman as <laughs> As I dedicate this to our champion. I'd like to thank Lex Friedman. Thank you. Always. And Glenn Fleischman. Thanks. I Oops. played to almost win. <laughs> yeah, and I'd like to thank John Seth. Hey, I came in third. And Armando Rodriguez. <laughs> I just kind of said things. Yes. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you, listeners, for enjoying what I have to imagine is the last Macworld funded showdown. Thanks. Talk to you next time. Yeah.